1: mailbag patreon edition i'm drew and i am joined by dallas dallas how's life uh
0: life's pretty good i'm eating some beans and rice with cumin and it's delicious
1: oh look at that see and you can learn all about dallas's eating habits if you sign up for our patreon that's right guys you can read all of dallas's uh dietary stuff that he does you can ask the questions that appear on this podcast if you go to the strict dot land go to our patreon that's that's our website then you go to the little menu you click on patreon come and join us you get to listen to this full episode join our discord listen to other episodes by schwinn doing strict you know schwinn enroll whatever that anything all that sort of good stuff exclusive articles from professor matthew miranda so definitely check that out so yes, Dallas, that was the, uh, that was the Patreon plug. How would you rate that one? Uh,
0: four out of 10.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I definitely, <laughs> I def, that was definitely below average. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll give I love, I was
0: you. if I was really trying to sell it, I would have spent more time on the possibility of getting to talk to me about food and cocktails. Yes. Um, so in case quite you guys, a
1: privilege. it is a privilege. If you don't know, Dallas makes a cocktail every single time we record. Except for tonight.
0: As I'm drinking a beer. As he's drinking a beer.
1: (laughs) Usually, it's always something fancy. It's something that you would, like, you would specifically go to, like, a cocktail bar to get. So, like, you get to learn how to make them if you join our Discord. You can get to join our Discord by joining the Patreon. Come and support us at the Strickland. Learn how to mix drinks. Learn how to... Properly cook um, pasta and <laughs> when you're boiling it, um, we we do not recommend the use of garlic powder. No, no, nope. we do, do not. not. <laughs> we don't recommend that. Um, we also don't recommend you putting oil either when the pasta water is boiling. And definitely, definitely don't overcook it. Because that is that it will be a nightmare for you especially reheating because then it just turns to mush so you just got some free advice this is on the free section too you just got free cooking advice do not overcook <laughs> your pasta
0: my uh my partner's grandma and rest in rest in peace uh I just I just heard this story and I didn't believe it was like a real thing that happened it was just like a gross thing you'd sometimes see in the movies or the TV or TV shows or something but like she used to make pasta. And she would make sauce and meatballs and she would put them in separate serving dishes and put them on the table. So you just have sticky ass noodles like dry in a bowl and the sauce in a separate bowl. So everybody's like trying to get their noodles out of this stupid bowl. And then they got to put their sauce like absolutely nonsense behavior. Um, How did, did the sauce stick at all? Did the sauce stick? Oh, yeah. oh! Once you added it, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I never have done this. I who would do something so crazy?
1: This is this is so. I have so many questions now. Yeah. So I, like,
0: it's just nonsense behavior.
1: Wouldn't the the pasta like have that weird drying out? You know when like you you accidentally leave the pasta too long in the uh, in like the strainer, and you're like, oh shit, and then to, like, get, it like gets like that weird clumping. It has like a little like firm thing on the top. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Or are you too diligent and you always make sure that?
0: Yeah, this is, it's a very, it's rare to me. So I, I don't actually use a strainer. I just, my, I use my pot. It has a little like thing on the end. So I just pour, you know, what, maybe I'm trying to like, what? Three fifths of the water out or something like that. Maybe four fifths, Um, probably four fifths of the water out. And then I. That uh, also makes sense. And then I just take the the noodles from that's in the pot and the water and I just pour it right into the sauce. Mix it all that, in.
1: That makes tons of sense. I usually what and I'll do is I'll have a uh, measuring cup and I'll pour a bunch of pasta water in before I uh, drain it out. So not only do I have pasta water to add to the sauce, but also when I'm reheating pasta, I have spare pasta water as well for reheating uh pasta
0: that's, a, that's an extra level
1: yeah so like i always you make sure a, I you ha- just
0: got a measuring cup of water sitting around for three days
1: <laughs> well no what i do is like after i do the measuring cup i put it into a, a container like an air sealed <laughs> container and then i put it in the fridge so i have extra pasta water for like the next day or two for when i'm reheating pasta <laughs>
0: that's kind of suspicious behavior but all right all right
1: listen you got to always have your pasta water you got to have extra sauce to uh to when you're mix when you're doing the pasta too how are you reheating pasta you got to add a little extra sauce and water to make everything come back together
0: mm. Mm. My, i don't know my sauce is, my sauce does just fine hey man if you you do your I, own I, thing i'm also a real i'm a very saucy person like i don't do not give me like this, like little bit of, uh, little bit of sauce on a ton of pasta shit. I um, with you on that. The sauce is where, like, that's the glory of the meal. So it I really is. Mine, I like when I make it. When I mix that pasta into the sauce, it's like there is more than enough sauce to go around. Like everybody's getting extra sauce. So but, when you're when it goes into the fridge, it's like it's still just
1: soaking in sauce. So I'm you it's don't. Not, you don't take some extra sauce though, as like a side for reheating.
0: Nah, there's no, nah, there's plenty in there.
1: I do it not because I don't need more, but it's always I just like to reheat it with extra sauce in case like the noodles are absorbing a little too much and I want it a little saucier. So, see, I'm thinking like three meals ahead.
0: You're also I so I the way I cook is like how can i dirty as few dishes as possible I, I mean that's fair yeah especially well that's how i clean up i shouldn't say that's how i cook cuz when i cook it's just like the whole kitchen's a wreck but when i clean up i'm like yeah i don't want to wash these dishes later so one tupperware or like i'll just do the the move where it just stays in the pot and the pot goes in the fridge
1: that's my second favorite thing to do <laughs> <laughs> cuz you're just like eh, whatever just throw it in
0: my partner hates it so much. My partner as as the pasta is going down like each day when you're eating it, she will change out the container. So each day she'll put it into a smaller container so that it's just the right size. I'm like, this is absolute no. insanity. Like what <laughs> what are you doing? That
1: is, I will have the giant container and that container will be used until there is no more pasta left. Yeah. There's no there's no it. swapping.
0: Yeah, what the fuck is this one? It's just it has she's got a little OCD or so yeah, got Yeah, it. no,
1: there's no there's no swapping. But no, I always keep extra sauce and extra pasta water handy for reheating my pasta. Interesting. You gotta have it. You always gotta have it. That and then also just tons of butter.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh not butter. I do oil. But it you depends don't on rehe- the sauce. It depends on the sauce you're making, I guess.
1: Yeah, so like if I'm making a vodka sauce, I want a little butter.
0: That's fair. Yep.
1: I want to, you know, rich and creamy. So. But I also
0: make vodka sauce. I do occasionally. I make a very very good one. I love vodka sauce, but I don't make it very frequently. I the stuff I make is usually either like really fresh, kind of like tomato, basil. I
1: made an even stuff. more American version of uh, vodka sauce. What was Last it? time I cooked it because i didn't have pancetta Mm -hmm. but i had some bacon (laughs) so i used the bacon in the vodka sauce and probably still pretty good i it it overtook the sauce because like it's bacon it's smoked and like you right like you want to do like half as much as you would ordinarily do and so it did overtake it however Like, a smoky, porky vodka sauce, though, is really tasty in, like, a different way than, like, a regular vodka sauce. So, I was like, I wasn't mad either.
0: And specifically, it tastes like heart attack.
1: Oh, yeah. It was. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful sauce. (laughs) It should have been on a pizza. It probably would have been better on a pizza, to be honest.
0: Interesting. I've never put a vodka sauce on a pizza.
1: I have, and it's pretty good so yeah so we we've gone long enough on food talk
0: isn't this what the people came here for
1: i think the knicks
0: are in the playoffs or anything
1: no i know like
0: the knicks just won game one on the road in the playoffs
1: yeah but that's why i think they're here so we got to discuss some of this stuff so are you ready
0: all right let's do it i'll I actually am kind of disappointed looking through these questions, which I haven't done. But I'm just seeing the top couple. I don't see almost anything about the playoffs. There, <laughs> I, we're watching the friggin' playoffs.
1: Come on! No, all. we're we're what gonna, gonna, gonna get to play- some playoff stuff. We Listen, got some
0: playoff stuff. All right, we got the right. playoffs
1: off. Don't worry, we're gonna go with Deuter Adam first. Okay. What was the final score of Tuesday's game? Love this question because we're recording on a Monday night. The game has not happened. We are specifically recording tonight so we can watch the game and not be distracted by it and not be distracted by anything else. So I'm going to say the Knicks are going to score 107 points and the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to score 97. Damn. It's going to be a 10 point game.
0: You think the Knicks are going to win a second one on the road?
1: I do. I um-
0: Shit. I honestly am afraid to predict. Like I, I feel like I'm I'm gonna jinx it if I predict. So I feel like I, I feel like I can't like I'm too I'm just everything about this it has me so on edge and so nervous. Also excited.
1: Yes, but like, I'm the same exact I way I just
0: I can't fucking I can't fucking risk putting it out in the in the universe and like <sighs> It's gonna be like if I'm I'm gonna say something and then the cat. It's like I'll say ne- Knicks by whatever, and the Cavs will win by exactly that score.
1: You know. So you think the Cavs are yeah. gonna win tomorrow?
0: No, no, no. I didn't say that. I'm not making any predictions. I'm saying if I predicted that the Knicks would win,
1: like. Right. So if you predict that the Cavs, the Cavs will win, you're gonna do the reverse jinx.
0: Nope, I'm not doing any jinxing.
1: You're not doing any jinxes. No
0: jinxes are happening at all. Okay. <laughs> I am, uh, my, my everything is pure and clean. Okay. I, I'm not actually a super superstitious person, a super superstitious person. Um, <laughs> but I, I just, I don't know. The Knicks, man, I need, uh, Knicks, I need the Knicks to win.
1: I mean, look, based on we'll get some. we'll we're going to get to some playoff talk. Good so let's get some of our prediction stuff tomorrow cuz I know people are always going to be entertained cuz this stuff is going to age. I'm going to say really well, like a nice age cheddar. These uh, <laughs> these predictions are going to age. Uh Jack's 365 asks, Predict uh which Knicks will have the most points, rebounds, assists, steals and blocks for tomorrow's game. Who Point. you got for points? Brunson. Brunson. Rebound. Rebounds. Randall. Randall. Assists. This, um, this is this is a tough one, RJ, because la- RJ was last game he had six. Randall had four. Um, I do think it makes the most sense that, um, RJ is going to have the assists because Garland's probably going to guard him again, and if and I do think there's going to be some times where he's going to be. RJ's going to be in a position where they will double team him and he's going to have to double team read well like read pass well so he'll have probably one of the more opportunities to get assists and then also like
0: I think they're going to let RJ play straight up I don't think they're going to double him
1: not to even do the um not like double like oh my god we're afraid of him but double in the sense of like he probably can't pass let's force the double
0: I don't think so I'd be surprised I like I, I think, I think like, they, they're treating RJ kind of like how we're treating a kongu. Not quite. Akoro. Or a a Akongu. I just watched some of the replay of the Hawks. Got that in my head. I don't know why I watched that. It was terrible. Um <laughs> I wasn't gonna a, watch that. A horrendous game. Um <laughs> no, Akoro. <laughs> although Congo is actually quite good, but Akoro, um Uh, like the way we treat him, I like, they just, uh, they were sort of treating RJ that way at times. I mean, that's why they put Garland on him the way we put Brunson on Okoro, that kind of thing. I think they're just going to be really happy for him to shoot, uh, especially from three, but even as he's driving, I think, Hey, he wants to put up a floater. I mean, you'll have like Allen or you'll have Mobley who's like roving as the rim protector, but I think they'll be very happy for him to shoot.
1: I would agree. I just have a feeling. Did you see all these these quotes about how Cleveland's like, we need to be more physical. We need to be more whatever. I wouldn't be surprised if they start to go very aggressive and try to get RJ to force, you know, get some turnovers to try to get some easy baskets. Because that's probably one of the better ways for them to get a turnover because they're not going to get one for, you know, Brunson's not going to turn the ball over. Randall might. But I do think our, like RJ is a pretty good candidate given the fact that he got stripped a number of times in the second half so like i again i'm these are predictions we're gonna see how they age <laughs> um steals um didn't did rj leave? i think rj let's see steals
0: yeah with the uh the Knicks coming out we'll see if they keep it up but what the Knicks basically did was with the R- rj on garland and they did not trust him for the most part to take him one-on-one so especially when Randall was in the pick and roll with him um, as as the defender. Those it was like Mobley setting a screen for Garland. Um, they blitzed those uh and attacked them really aggressively. But what was cool about it is they blitzed it, but RJ would often hang back a little bit, yes. sort of like trying to stay in the passing lanes. But it was like two men technically on Garland, but like um keeping the passing lane not totally close out because the natural reaction when you're blitzed is to okay swing the ball or get it to the big um whose man has left him uh so that you can take advantage of the four on three but uh rj hanging back like that made it difficult for them to do so um i thought that was really clever by tibbs um i agree i'd like that too weird for me to be thinking like this but like all along, even when he was doing better during the regular season, I was like, There's you know, I'm terrified of Tibbs in the playoffs, but like he came out. I thought he coached a great game. Um, he did a lot of really cool stuff. Um, especially on the defensive end. The offensive side, uh, there's some stuff to clean there's some stuff to clean it, uh, out. The was most it, vanilla, right? It's the most vanilla possible. But like, you know, for a, a series bit. like this, when you're not playing like the Kings or you're not playing the Warriors or some shit like that, um, the way we've played all year, actually, as infuriating, infuriating as it is, actually does in some ways make us well suited to now For playoff
1: play. basketball. Like it, 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 does
0: this this series. Now, other series, I think we would have to trouble. be determined. I think if we played the Warriors or we played the Kings, there would be it'd be a little bit more difficult to play this style all the way through. Listen, if,
1: that would be the finals, and we would just be losing our no. minds at the Knicks are in yeah, the finals. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Absolutely, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> But just to say that there's other teams with different styles that I'm not as certain this would, um, I'm not the, just the offensive side of the ball. I'm not as certain that how it would translate. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I Tibbs, I've been all about him. So yeah, if they keep playing, being aggressive on those, you could see RJ do it again. Um, you could also, it wouldn't shock me for it to be like Josh Hart or something like that. Yeah. Um,
1: Harsh, Hart though is unfortunately doubtful. Oh as really? Of right now. Yeah. So oh, on shit. Monday night he is doubtful. We will see how this obviously changes. Oh um, god, that's horrendous. That that makes
0: That's a blow.
1: That's a huge blow to the um to the Knicks. And then that's when like you really need RJ to step up because he basically needs to like both score and do like all the Josh Hart stuff. Like it's okay. it's it's gonna be tough.
0: We need quickly to get his head out of his ass. I think he will, but we we need him to really step up.
1: Yeah. So, the, which I, I there were some really interesting things from that game because like Grimes, I, I I thought they didn't want Grimes to shoot, which is pretty fair. But I did not think quickly played well, like at all. Like he was okay on defense, so like it wasn't like the end of the world, which I really appreciate when the Knicks are like when they're not playing like great on offense, they're at least trying on defense. So that's always like a great like baseline. But quickly cannot have a game like this. Like like, he cannot just disappear because even like Cleveland played a pretty good game. Like they had things too where I would say like if Garland like decided to shoot a little more, right? If Evan Mobley like showed up or something along those like it could have been very easy because Donovan Mitchell went nuclear shooting like he does, and he needs to attack the rim more, but we're not talking about what Cleveland needs to do, but like (laughs) Donovan, like he was lighting it up shooting-wise, right? So like, so if he's shooting like he is, no one on the Knicks is really going to stop him. So like they need someone else to show up, and no one did for Cleveland, unfortunately, but like the Knicks also a number of guys did not showed up, and they also had Brunson in foul trouble. So like, both teams did not have things going for them in that game. And I think the Knicks were very fortunate because Don- Brunson outplayed Donovan again, and then Randall, well, even as rusty as he was, he he showed up too, which was which was a sight for sore eyes. Who would have thought that? That were like, oh, thank God, a Julius Randall like good performance in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. and then blocks. I'll just say Mitch. So. Yeah, it's going to be Mitch.
0: The thing is, I, with quickly is like that was like he he does this thing he did it in the regular season too where like in first quarters of games especially and we saw in his first the first starts he was getting this year like um when brunson went out and there was that stretch against like we played the mavericks at one point and it was i think the game rj maybe got injured um with his finger that weird fluke finger thing
1: um yeah for luca like (laughs) like dug into like the bone
0: yeah, it was weird. It was really weird. But um, I think it was that that game. But like lots of those games, uh, lots of his games as starter as a starter, he would come out and be really deferential to the rest of the team. And part of it was good because like he's trying to get everybody else going, he's letting other guys get his shot, their shots, that sort of thing. But he did have a tendency at times to get too deferential. And I think what we saw going on um in this game is first of all, it was uh interesting to see that the Cavs clearly respected him a lot. Yes. Uh,
1: they came true. out
0: very much focused on him. Uh when Brunson was out and IQ was in the game, they put Okoro, their best defender, best perimeter defender, on him, right? Not on not on RJ, not on Grimes, not on Randall trying to play up or anything like that. They're like, no, we need him on quickly. So they put their best perimeter defender on him. Um and then when Karras came in and Okoro went out, they would put him on on quickly. Um but they were at times too showing like uh, a little bit more aggressive defenses towards quickly. They were coming up pretty high um, on his pick and rolls and quickly would come around the pick and rolls and end up creating a little bit of space here and there. Uh, But he wasn't creating a ton of space and he just was like, I'm not shooting. You know, Mm -hmm. he missed a few shots early and then after that, even on, on those drives, you know, even when he was creating a little bit of space and when he had, you know, opportunities that in the regular season um, we've seen him hit floaters in like, you know, countless times um, or draw fouls. Cause he would often, you know, a would go over um, and you'd have Allen or Mobley really, really high um, to try to prevent a pull up three from quickly. And as a goes over, he would have him uh, quickly would get him on his back. So, you know, we've seen quickly work to get uh, fouls in that situation a lot during the regular season where you sort of like slow up and take a mm-hmm. shot and it gets the guy behind you to come over your back and, and, and foul you or bump into you or whatever. Um, but what quickly would do is he'd get in there and he'd be like, ah, I just don't want to take this shot, you know, and he'd pass it out to Randall or he'd pass it out to RJ or whatever. Um, and uh, because they were playing those pick and rolls so aggressively with two men, they didn't have to help too much. Um, Cause the focus was pretty much exclusively on quickly. Uh, and they were fine with the back line um and the role man letting them go and uh and just trusting the length of like Allen or whatever who was you know at the top to prevent prevent passes like that so as a result they weren't helping that much from the wing um and so quickly would at times try to i mean they did sometimes but not 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 too much and so quickly would try to make passes um you know he tried a couple like cross-court passes um and he was getting picked off because the help wasn't coming in the way it normally does uh, against him because they were playing um, you know, so aggressively focused on him with the two pick-and-roll defenders that they didn't need to send the extra help. Uh, it'll just be really interesting to see what he does in this next game because, um, I don't know, I think he's extremely important for how the Knicks go, especially if Josh Hart is out. Mm-hmm. And he's extremely important for when Brunson is on the court, I think. like One of the things we saw towards the end of the game with Brunson out there... And our lineup was uh Randall, Mitch, and then Mitch came out and Hart came in, Hartenstein, um, Randall, Mitch, Josh Hart, and RJ. And basically, the Cavaliers didn't give a fuck about anybody but Brunson and Randall mm-hmm. on that uh in those lineups on offense, right? So as a result, you know, Brunson, anytime he tried to drive except for one play uh, on Chetty Osman really late in the game where he got a left-handed layup and they had cleared out the side, was seeing a ton of help. And so he really could not get into the paint because there was so much help there. And so he was shooting, you know, instead mid-range jumpers, fadeaways, that sort of stuff. Now, he's really good at that, but he's that much better if he can get a little bit deeper. And the way you're going to help him get deeper is by having offensive threats out there um, cause we mm-hmm. saw throughout the game, the Cavs did not care if RJ wanted to shoot threes. They were very happy with him doing that. Um, and they were happy to pretty much, you know, like they weren't playing that far up on Josh Hart cause Josh Hart doesn't shoot very many threes. Um, so if you want to make life easier for Brunson, um, having quickly and having grimes out there as opposed to RJ and, um, Josh Hart, I think would make a difference Uh, I would keep the defense honest, force them not to help as much. And if they did help, right. There were like multiple times where, you know, RJ was wide open and Brunson would just look him off because. You're not trusting him to hit a, hit a three and no, no offense to RJ. I thought he played a really good game uh, in lots of ways. I mean, not as a, not as a scorer, not as a shooter, but in lots of ways, I thought he played really well. He surprised me. I thought it was awesome. I was very pumped. Um, but in that situation, Cleveland's defense is not respecting it and Brunson is not making that pass, right? No. But I do think if it's Grimes or if it's quickly on the on the wing and they're wide open, I think Brunson might trust that pass more. Um, <laughs> and it'll force the defense to stay more honest anyways because they're not – I mean, we saw the attention they were trying to get to quickly. They're not uh, happy with leaving him wide open. So, um, yeah, I think quickly playing well is a – huge factor in whether or not we're going to win this game too and whether or not we're going to win the series um he's got to get his head out of his ass uh and stop being deferential he's on his uh frank nilakina bullshit right now he's got a <laughs> he's got to fucking put up shots um
1: stingy asks uh you got any gum
0: sorry man also shout out stingy i miss you man
1: i'm uh i'm all out unfortunately i'm sorry Knights of Cup, uh, knight of cups asks the new cba is coming up soon do you think there will be any rule changes or policies to deal with some of the issues the league is facing like tanking resting players and particularly the pick consolidation between a few teams and could you see things like an amnesty coming back i'm always so skeptical about any type of thing when it comes to the collective bargaining and the league with like this amount of money that's just involved in circulating at like the costs the league is just pumping out cash right now. Like, unless they start seeing some sort of like any sort of like revenue loss based on the fact, like based of how like the rule changes and stuff like they've already made and what the league is focusing on. I don't see anything in particular, like being overhauled. Like they're going to keep, they're not going to do anything else with tanking. Like they showed that right. Like, they did it with the play in that more or less a, that helped. And then when you had a clear case of tanking with the Mavericks did, they were just like, yeah, just a fine, right? Like some cash, no big deal. So like, we kind of see where they are. Like, I don't think the league actually cares about tanking like that or resting players. Like I, 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 I don't actually think they care that much. Um, They're going to, you know, they're going to shout about it and complain about it in like the media and everything, but I don't think these are issues the league are thinking about. Like, I don't think they could. I think they could care less about this. An amnesty would be interesting, but other than that, uh, that would be like the only thing I would see. It would just be like, okay, fine, a second amnesty. We could, we we can do that. But I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't see anything. I think
0: they're, I think they're thinking about them, but they're thinking about them in terms of whether or not they'll make them more money. So, like resting players. Um, yeah, that I think they're going to be happy about that because like, they're not going to try to legislate that away because, uh, ultimately when players rest, I mean, I'm guessing they have good data about this, but probably players end up playing longer, more time in the playoffs and have better, you know, like that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And I think probably, you know, having LeBron James play till whatever, I don't know how old he is, 30 eight or something
1: right and then him missing all those and then him having a short season just him taking off it's like oh great we get to see fresh lebron in the playoffs
0: yeah and the more the longer he plays like season over season that's just good for the league in terms of like in terms of everything financially he's a he's a he's a big draw so like they want their stars to not only play the most important games but also they want their stars to um right because like the people who are fucking watching uh Detroit versus Charlotte in January. Like you don't like those people are hooked, right? Those
1: are degenerates people, like us.
0: <laughs> yeah, you don't need to get them to watch the <laughs> games, right? They they're they're insane with how much they're watching. They're watching Detroit and Charlotte in January, right? But uh in these big games, you know, playoff games and stuff like that, when you might get some people who are less invested in uh those regular season games. You get those eyeballs, that's when you want your product to be its best. That's when you're gonna make more money by having an awesome product. Um, so I think they care about that stuff. And I don't I think that's gonna make them not legislate rest uh, resting away. I think they care about tanking to the extent that it can give this like, you know, bad vibes to the league where everybody's constantly talking about it and it's the story. But insofar as it's really not been the story lately, I think. No no new changes that they'll probably make because like um, I don't think how things are now is costing them money. Right. Um, It's not like people are getting turned off because teams take now, maybe people got pretty, you know, some people um, got mad at Dallas and what they did, but like, honestly, how many people, how many people who weren't watching Detroit Charlotte in January, like knew that like, Oh, the Dallas Mavericks, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. probably Dallas fans, and, like, even Dallas casual fans had some idea of what was going on. But, like, the average casual fan, the average fan who's not, like, obsessing over basketball probably is not that worried or pressed about what happened. And then the average fan who's watching, um, you know, garbage basketball in February and every game and re- watching replays on <laughs> League Pass, you know, yeah. like, that, they're not, they don't, they're already hooked. Yeah, they're like yeah, already de- in. Right. So I don't think we'll see any changes there. The other stuff I i honestly just don't have a view about. Um yeah. It's always cool when there's new new rules though, because it gives like new ways of trying to, you know.
1: Yeah, think about it and everything. But I just I, I don't see really, yeah. yeah, I don't see anything large. I think if there's gonna be some sort of dispute, it's gonna be the uh the percentage stuff between How much money do the owners make versus how much the uh, other players just given the growth of the league? Well, other than that, I'm just... I don't know. I'm just not really seeing too much. So, we're going to move on to It's Zach right now. And the question, It's Zach asks, who gets paid more this summer, Emmanuel Quickly or Austin Reeves? And the answer is obviously Austin Reeves because he's on the Lakers. Oh! <laughs> no, it's going to be Emmanuel quickly. I mean, he he's going to win the if he wins Sixth Man of the Year, and the Knicks gets like the second round, and quickly has a game, he's getting paid. I, gonna, I,
0: they're both getting paid. They're both getting paid. They're both going to make a ton of money. I think it may actually honestly depend. Like right now, Austin Reeves has been show. He, I mean, he had one game. Right. I mean, also there was I guess the plan, but like game one against the grizzlies he showed out right mm-hmm. uh, he's been awesome all like throughout the regular season uh less of a track record than someone like quickly like it took him a little while to get as as you know as many minutes and as much whatever
1: um as big a role the lakers also he- kind of need to keep him so it th- there's going to be that aspect of it too so they're going to be like all right how much do we re- like if we have to pay almost anything
0: I don't know how much they can even afford. To buy Neither money. do I. I don't.
1: I don't care enough about the Lakers to uh, even go into their fans. cap situation. But like, but, I do think that's part of it. Like they kind of have to keep them because where else are they going to add talent? Yeah. Go over the cap.
0: But both these guys are going to get paid. I would be surprised or I, I'll put it this way. I won't be surprised. I will not be surprised if both of them end up getting more than 90 million Um i probably won't even surpri- be surprised if they're both over a hundred million, like four hundred. Um I think yeah, I mean that that one, neither of those those numbers would not shock me. Who ends up getting a little bit more, I, I couldn't tell you. I don't know.
1: I would say it's quickly, but both are getting paid. both are gonna be like you're paying how much, but like they've been good. So
0: the thing with quickly is I think I mean Well, so my thoughts with quickly versus um, Austin is that I just think, and maybe I'm, you know, maybe it's me uh, as a quickly fan or whatever. I think there's more upside for quickly as like a guy who actually runs your offense, um, like who plays the sort of like quickly can be the kind of Kyle Lowry role on a championship team.
1: Yeah, but could actually like really
0: light it up though, with a little bit better offense maybe. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's a that's crazy value. Um, Austin Reeves has been awesome, but he I think it's a slightly different archetype with maybe a little bit lower ceiling. Um, but I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how the league views them. He he's a little bigger too. Maybe the league likes that. Um, I don't know.
1: Deuter Adam asks. Which are the most screwed teams over the next five years?
0: All the teams I hate. Dallas Mavericks, the Brooklyn Nets. Um, actually I, I'm i annoyed that the Brooklyn Nets are not in that bad of a position. They're not in a great position, but they're they're okay. I don't
1: think they're like, yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's bad. It's not as good as people are making it out to be. Like I think I do think that's kind of frustrating, and we're going to in the playoffs are probably going to kind of like help hammer that point, I think, or at least make it more aware. Like it was a nice little story, and I do think if anything, it helps um, Mikael Bridges, like you know, image reputation around the league. But it's good, and I know people are definitely going to be hyped over him. But what we're also going to see is like, like the Nets basically like, okay, great. Mikhail put up all these numbers, but the only reason why they were in the playoffs was because of Durant and Kyrie. And right. then when they when they got to the playoffs, they we'll see how the series goes up, but like if they lose, it's like, okay, well, Mikhail Bridges isn't a first option on the playoff team. They just lost. So like there's there's that aspect of it. But they're not they're not like screwed screwed, because they kind of have like all the role players. They're in an interesting position to see what they do. Dallas is, I think, it's Dallas is Dallas screwed. Especially like if Kyrie leaves, it's over. Like they are <laughs> they are cooked. Um
0: If the Suns, if the Suns lose to the Clippers, they're an interesting cooked cooked candidate. Because yes. um, obviously, I mean KD is there, but like, you know, first of all, is he there there? And then second of all, uh how long does he have and how much is he gonna give you? And then if they lose, like you could just have some vibe stuff going on, you know, like eight Booker, especially eight Like, is Aiton is eight going to be happy staying around? Booker, I don't mm-hmm. know. I, just could, I could, there's like a lot of blow up potential in Phoenix, especially maybe it takes another year. Um, but if they lose in round one to the Clippers when their championship or busts kind of thing, mm-hmm. I, I think you could see some like real, uh, I don't know. Real movement over there. Um uh, other teams, other candidates.
1: Um I mean, Minnesota is definitely up there just given just like it it'll be tough cuz like how how are you really going to navigate like the Rudy Cat situation?
0: It depends on what you mean by fucked cuz like yeah, that, yeah I know that's what I'm saying. I, I... No. But are they going to be like somewhere between the eight and the four seed for the next three years, probably.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like that seems reasonable to me. I don't know,
1: but no, I I I think Dallas is definitely in like the worst place. Um, we'll see how like the Miami Buck series shapes out. Those two teams are going to be in interesting positions.
0: Miami's and Miami could be another like ends up getting fucked yeah. here. Yeah, so
1: it it we're gonna it's gonna be interesting to see. I, I I think the Mavs stand out the uh the most because you have you, you're putting so much in Kyrie and that not just
0: that, Kyrie like they don't I mean they just don't have resources to put anybody around Luca and Kyrie
1: like that like that like that's just I'm just to say like part one is you have to deal with Kyrie. And then yeah. if you have Kyrie in, I guess, <laughs> like somewhat in, how are you building out the rest of this team? Yeah. And that that's yeah and they don't they don't have anything. So Franklin Chubb asks if you could take one player from the 99 Knicks playoff team and put him on our current playoff team, who would it be? They would be the same age and performance level as they were. Ewing You want 1999 Patrick Ewing on this team?
0: I guess I guess he was bummed knee at that point, huh.
1: Yeah, I feel like this his, is an easy his
0: one. His playoffs he didn't he didn't even he couldn't even
1: finish. No, this is, I think this is an easy one who I would take on this team. Spree? That'd be number two. Uh, You take Allen Houston. Allen Houston? I feel like Houston is a no-brainer. Can you just imagine a lineup like... Spree would
0: fit really well. Houston would fit well, too. But But... Ewing, I think of as, like, Mitch's... Probably, I mean, RJ is the easiest upgrade, but, like, if you replace Mitch with, like, Patrick Ewing, even late-stage Patrick Ewing, I know 99 was not his... I mean, he was pretty good until he got injured, but... um,
1: I just see it as, for me, if you're swapping RJ for either Houston or Sprewell, especially, like, Houston, you're just giving, like, Randall and Brunson just... Now you have two knockdown shooters in Grimes and, like, Allen Houston on the perimeter. Like, you're screwed if you, like... If they find the double coverage correctly, right? Like I, I, I just think it makes this how the how the next playoff significantly better. If you just if you went that round, so that's why I would go. That's why I would go out in Houston because Grimes and Houston on the perimeter, it would be insane.